Do you wonder about past lives? Have you ever thought about where your soul has been? Where it's going? Or what lessons and memories have been gathered along the way? In this podcast, we will discuss past life memories, psychic phenomena, energy healing, and other metaphysical topics with experts and the average person to find out how we can heal through these experiences. So I invite you to join me on my journey. Welcome to the Regression Session. Oh my god, that's my spirit animal. I love that. Welcome back to the progression session. My name is Ian. This week we're going to be hearing from Jan Castro. And Jan is a shamanic healer and we talk all about the process of being a shamanic healer, what that entails, what kind of healing can bring into your life and how you can begin a shamanic journey. I'm really excited to share this episode with you today. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player so you don't miss any of my weekly uploads. And don't forget to share the podcast with everybody that you know in the entire planet. That'll help the show grow and I've been looking to kind of kickstart that process. So thanks so much for listening and here is my conversation with Jan. Hey, Jan, thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here today. Yeah, it's my pleasure to have you. I've been I've been really looking forward to talking to you. I've been looking for someone like you for what feels like for so long. And there's been a lot of audience requests to have someone like you on. So I'm really excited to have you. But before we get into a conversation, I would like for you to just kind of tell me a little bit of background about yourself so that my audience can kind of understand who you are, what you do, what kind of work you're into, just for some context, if you don't mind. Okay, well, I have known since I was very young, since I was five years old, that I was a healer. And as I grew up, of course, I didn't have any kind of training, but I went down the Western medical path. I became an EMT. I became, then I became a nurse. Then I went on to um, PA school, physician assistant um, school. And then I worked in the medical field for 25 years and um, following the medical, the Western medical model, which I loved, but I all I always knew that I did something different with my healing with animals, with my, with my little patients. And, um, and I always knew that there was more to, to what I was doing and, and, and I wanted to do more. I just didn't know what until one day a lady um, asked me if I was a shaman after I had treated her granddaughter and I said no, and she said that she had heard a voice three times 
saying that she was supposed to tell me that I was a shamanic healer and to pursue it if I didn't already um, know that. And so that sent me on another path. And, um, and as I started following that, I recognized that I was able to do um, the things that I was learning and I wanted to pursue a more um, in-depth training. And I found uh, somebody in Hawaii who agreed to take me on as an apprentice. And I spent a year uh, doing a shamanic uh, type apprenticeship with him. And so that's how I kind of came to, to this point where I am now. And so like, we talked before and you kind of mm-hmm. talked about how shamanism is like a borrowed term, but is that, was that like the, um, the most accurate way to describe what it is you do? Well, the word shaman has, has um, come down to us from Tibet or Mongolia because that is what they call their medicine people. That is the name that they use for their medicine people and uh, their holy people. Um, the people who, um, who bring right alignment to the tribe. And we don't have that in, in our culture these days. So um, we have borrowed that, that word to describe this type of, of healing, just like we borrow the word Kleenex to describe every kind of tissue that's out there. And so, you know, I don't really call myself a shaman because we don't have that role in our society, but I am that type of healer. I am a medicine woman. I do call myself that. Okay. So like, like an appropriate thing to call you would be like a shamanic healer. Yes. Yeah. That seems to be acceptable nowadays. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So what did you have to go through to, to do that? And you know, I know, I know you might not be able to share everything, right? But like, what are some of the things that, that you had to go through in order to be like, okay, I'm like, I feel confident knowing that I'm a shamanic healer. I, I now am comfortable with my craft. Like what steps did you have to take to get to that point? So the, the very first step I, I had to take was, um, uh, being grilled by this true shamanic person, um, about about what I'm doing and how I was doing it and um, and then go through a healing session with him to, to, to clear off some things that had been holding me back. And once I did that, then when he agreed to take me on as an apprentice, the first thing that, that I had to do, I was already doing it. I was already, uh, I already knew how to, move from our ordinary state of consciousness into a non-ordinary state of consciousness to work in that realm. And, um, but he, um, he was very specific in um, teaching me the correct, or I don't want to say correct ways because there are many, many ways and there's not just one single correct way. But what I mean by that is safely, travel in those realms and and learn where, where, where to go, where not to go, what to do, what not to do. And that was the first part of the training was being able to, 
to move into that state of consciousness at will using, you know, our own powers. Um, I don't use any plant medicine. He did not use plant medicine because uh, everybody is able to, to do this without plant medicine. There's nothing wrong with plant medicine for, for those people who use it for these kind of ceremonies, but I wasn't trained that way. I was trained to, um, to produce my own um, way of doing that. And so that was my first step. My second step was to go through an intermediate section where I had to do all of my own self-work. In other words, everything that I that I was learning all of the, all of the things that I needed to clear up my shadow side, my, my dark side, my problems, my, um, my abuse, my old agreements, um, my old barriers, all of those things, I had to work through that. And as I worked through that, and as I learned to heal myself, those were, are the, were the methods that I would use later on to help heal others. And then after that, I had to go through a more advanced um, um, section, I guess you would call it, where um, I was working on learning how to do soul retrievals, entities, blockages, energetic uh, blockages, um, power animals, um, spirit guides, all of those kind of things, and how to um, develop my own language with spirit and and my own symbols and then as I completed that then of course I had to go through an initiation ceremony to move forward from kind of my role as an apprentice to a healer I guess you would say uh, more of a like a ceremonial um, transformation or step from one role into another role yeah like your journeyman certification yeah kind of like your 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 final test or um a it it wasn't even so much of a test because I had done all of the things that I needed to do but you need to you know leave the old part of you behind and embrace the new and sort of be made over sort of be taken apart and put back together again made into something new that's beautiful in a way, you know, um, leaving behind the things that you no longer need, like shedding your skin, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So yes. I, have a, I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind, just some things that when you were talking, I, I wrote down some things. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll save the, um, I guess, the juiciest one for last. So the first thing I wanted to ask you was like, what, what was it hard to leave the world of Western medicine? What was that like? So I really felt like my time was done. Um, and that I had done what I wanted to do in that realm. And while we were still a very privately small owned clinic, I loved every bit of it. But when the doctor that I worked with retired and sold her practice to a big corporation, things changed dramatically. And it became a numbers game. And it became uh, very difficult to spend time with somebody 
because you had somebody tracking your minutes, tracking your reviews, tracking your your profit margins, and you know visiting you once a month to tell you that you needed to get X more numbers of higher pay codes on your billing. And I worked in pediatrics and I said, you know, I'm not going to upcharge when I see somebody for a sore throat. And I'm not going to ask my patients for a review. Um, and I knew I was done. So when I hit that, that margin where I could go, I did. And I have not regretted one second of that. I love what I do now and I can spend all the time I want with, with my clients. Jeez, what a nightmare. Whenever something becomes all about money, it just ruins everything. It does. It does. So the second question, I, I, this is kind of like, like two questions, but, but the first question is, so like, what's the significance of a power animal? Cause we've all heard of like our spirit animal and most people kind of are like, Oh my God, that's my spirit animal. I love that. But what's like the real significance of it? Because you, you've mentioned, you mentioned it to me a few times when we spoke before you mentioned it in your introduction. I would just like to know, it sounds like it's more significant than people make it on the day to day. It's really very, very significant. And as a culture, we've lost most of our connection with animals and whether we're aware of it or not, we all have power animals that can bring us aid and comfort and protection and a sense of not being alone, especially if you're struggling to, to try to find your good qualities and abilities, if you're having trouble saying no, if you feel like people are actually stealing your strength and your time and your energy, um, your power animal can bring those qualities that they have to help you um, to move forward and to protect you and to guide you and um, bring you the strength that you need. When, when you know that you have a power animal by your side, you know that you're not alone. And people who um, get sick a lot or are, are having some of these problems, like I just mentioned, generally have either aren't aware of their power animal or they've lost their power animal because whether we know it or not, we do have um, animals out there that are willing and able to help us in the spirit realm in the non-physical realm and bring us their attributes. And that's what we call, you know, snake medicine or um, bear medicine. And what that means is just like going to the doctor and, and getting some antibiotics, you're getting some medicine that's going to, you know, help you, help you feel better. And when I speak of any kind of medicine, when I say that, you know, animal medicine, bear medicine, snake medicine, that that is going to bring you the attributes um, that you need to help you overcome some of the difficulties that you may be facing. So it's a very, it's a very powerful thing when I... Um, bring somebody their power animal. So I will always ask somebody, my client, I'll say, do you have an animal that keeps showing up in your life or an animal that you just love, that you've loved since you were little? And, um, and sometimes they already know or they have a sense 
of who their power animal might be, or otherwise, other, other times they don't know at all. And a lot of times they will have had an encounter with an animal, a strange type of encounter with an animal sometime in their youth. And so when I, you know, one of the first things that I needed to do was find my own power animal. And as I, as I went into that, um, that journey, that's what we call going into the non-ordinary reality. As I went into that and, and was looking for my power animal, I immediately saw these ears coming up out of the grass, these black ears. And I knew, I knew it was a black bear. I absolutely knew for sure. And then I was scared. And then, you know, I had to interact with this bear and, and then I won't tell the whole long story, but after that, I remembered that when I was 15, I had an encounter with a black bear, um, a mama bear. And um, I was traveling to Alaska on the Alaskan highway with my dad. He was in the military and our family traveled up there and we stopped at this little roadside um, uh, bathroom pit stop place. And I went down the, down the little trail to the little bathroom and I went in there. And when I came out, I looked to my left and standing about 10 feet away was a black bear um, and facing sideways. And I thought to myself, is that a real bear? And then she turned and looked at me and we just looked at each other for a little while and I did not feel threatened. I didn't feel scared. But then as I stood there, I started thinking, well, I'm not supposed to run. I'm, uh, what, what do I need to do? My parents are a, a ways off. And I just turned around and I slowly walked away and walked back to the car. And I actually had a camera in the car and grabbed it and snapped a couple of pictures. And so I've got a picture and the picture, the bear is a little teeny tiny quarter inch little, little picture, but you can still tell it's a bear. And so for me, I had had that, that encounter already and I knew that 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 was my power animal and she came to me in my journey and made that very clear and um, there was a lot of other symbolism that went along with that with my family structure so very important and she's with me all the time um, when I need when I need to know that I'm not alone I know that she's there sounds kind of strange but it, it is comforting and it is powerful and the attributes that, that she has, she, she, in a, in a kind of a way shares with me and helps me with. So is it, is it like the spiritual essence of a specific animal or is it like the collective essence of that animal species that you're tapping into? It, it could, it could be either or. It could, it could be just the, um, you know, sometimes it is, it's that collective, um, spirit of that particular animal's attributes as a whole. And then other times it can be a very specific, um, specific one. So, so for this, this bear with me was very specific, um, mother bear to, um, help me with the, the 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 mothering that I didn't get as a child without getting too specific. 
So, but I do see it both ways because I have other power animals that are representative of that animal's medicine. And I use those in, in my healing ceremonies to, to, uh, they help me heal other people. Like you mentioned, the snake shedding the skin, shedding the past, um, taking off the old and putting on the new. Um, so the symbolism can be very powerful and it can be from that collective essence. So this kind of sounds pretty, pretty helpful. You know, what, what's the process of someone who doesn't know there's, there's their power animal or how they can, how can they go and find that or discover that for themselves? Like what's a good way, a good starting point for that? A good starting point is to kind of think about the animals that have impacted you in your life or any animal might even be an animal story um, or any animal that you really feel close to or like or like to look at. Or maybe, you know, you always had little horse figurines when you were growing up or dogs or whatever it might be. And I would, I would just kind of start with opening yourself to thinking about that, um, that the spirit of that animal and find out in, you know, look up, look up National Geographic, find out all about that animal in the physical realm. And then once you've done that, start looking at the sites of what does this animal mean as a spirit animal or a power animal or a totem animal? And those words get used very interchangeably and then with some people very specifically. So I will just use them kind of interchangeably when we talk. But as you look at those spiritual aspects um, in the spirit realm or in the unseen realm, then um, you can, you can do a meditation. You can um, do um, a meditation where you might walk walk a path and look at what's on the path. Um, or you can go to somebody who will guide you on that meditation, or you can go to somebody who will just actually go there and find that animal for you and get it and bring it back for you. There are many different traditions um, and the ways that that occurs in different um, societies and, and different indigenous traditions. And, um, they're all, they're all right. You know, no, nobody has, nobody is, has the market on the one and only, um, way because there are many ways based on many different traditions. So the rules are pretty loose then. They are. Okay. So with the rules being kind of a little bit more loose, is, is it possible to have more than one power animal? Yes, it, it is. Um, you can have a pow- you can have a main power animal that stays with you all of your life or stays with you for a time and then another one comes for another phase of your life. You can also have other animals that come for specific themes to help you with specific themes. So for example, when I do um, a session with somebody, a, a definite main power animal will come. Um, that is, that is very recognizable as being their main power animal. But as I get towards 
the end and through the ceremony, there may be several other animals that come and help. And, and at the end, um, there may be another, another, um, animal that will come and want to join in, 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 and, uh, move along with the client, be part of, be part of their healing. That's very interesting. Thanks for going over that with me. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll release like a bonus episode with like a, a guided meditation to try to find your, your animals. So stay tuned for that. Whoever's listening. So the next question that I have for you, you brought this up and this is the one that I'm really curious about. Well, I'm curious about the other ones, obviously. <laughs> anyway, so you mentioned like doing this safely, right? You, you, your, your, um, your teacher, that was like the first thing he dove into. So what are the dangers that you perceive in doing this type of work? Why was safety his first priority? When you move into the unseen um, spiritual realms, there are different, um, um, there, there are a lot of different, I guess I, I want to say levels or places um, like I said before, there's a lot of different terminology that's that's used for um, for the un, unseen or spiritual realms or the non-ordinary state of consciousness or shamanic state of consciousness. And and so there are not always um, benevolent, um, truthful, safe, safe things there, be it animals guides, entities, spirits, however you want to classify them. Um, some, some have their own agenda and want something in exchange um, and may or may not give you true information. And so you want to travel to places that are safe where you can trust the guides and animals, etc., in those places so that um, you can feel confident that the information that you're bringing back into the ordinary world is, is true and is going to be helpful for your, your patient. So I can give you a brief example if you would like to, something that happened to me. And I, I, I hear that. Okay. I just don't know how specific you might, might or might not want me to be. Yeah, no, um, but, go for it. I want to know whatever information you want to give me. I'm fascinated by all of this stuff. Well, I I was was doing a a, a journey for an an assignment, something I was supposed to do, and my power animal took me to a place. It was a beautiful lake with a big sunset and the shore, and um, and then she left me there. And I, I didn't know what to do. And, and so that was part of what I needed to learn. And I decided that I would um, go somewhere else. And when I went there, I didn't pay attention. I did not pay attention to how I went there. And I ended up being like uh, tied up in a fire with 
somebody with with a spirit like like a, a ghost and all I can do is describe it as like a person with bones trying to um, harass me and scare me and then my when I knew that I had not gone to the right place and I made my way back to the right place and I came back I came to my power animal and I said why did you leave me and she said because you needed to learn a lesson you needed to learn to pay more attention to what you're doing to where you're going and to make sure that you um you follow the the you know the sign I want to say signposts they're not signs but but the 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 um the path markers i guess is the best maybe a good way to put it so so yeah i don't want people and there are a lot of um d- different stories um that you can find in the old literature of you know people getting getting taken and be- being gone for years and coming back and there's all kinds of different legends and stories but it is important that when you're when you are when you are wanting to heal yourself or help somebody else to heal, you want good information. You don't want information from those entities that are that are out there wandering around because they have a different agenda or they need something from you. Hey everyone, I'm interrupting the episode to tell you all about today's sponsor, Shape. Have you ever wanted to try your hand at astral projection but just don't know where to start? Lucid dreaming can often be the first step to astral projection. Lucid dreaming is the art of awakening within your dream world. Once you become conscious in your dreams, you can do anything. You can fly, practice new skills, overcome fears, and go deep into the inner layers of the mind. With lucid dreaming, anything is possible, and best of all, anyone can learn to lucid dream. All it takes is commitment and the right technique. The Shape app makes learning to lucid dream considerably easier. You'll start by writing down your dreams in a dream journal, then you'll learn to identify dream signs, perform reality checks, and prime your mind for becoming lucid as you go to bed. Shape is packed with useful audio guides, personal statistics, dream insights, and other practical tools like the dream journal and Am I Dreaming reminders. This is the ultimate lucid dreaming coach and one of the fastest, most effective ways to awaken in the dream world, with many people having a lucid dream the very first night that they download Shape. So using the link in the description, you can save up to 20% on Shape's annual plan. So if you want to learn a lucid dream, check out the link in the description to start learning today. Now back to the episode. So is there a way to, to tell the difference? between those types of entities because I've talked about entities on my show before. I'm not like, uh, my, my take on entities is a little different from most people. And I would definitely want to talk to you about that. Cause we, we talked about this before when we talked. Um, but I want to kind of ask you, you know, what's, what's a way that you can tell the difference between, let's just call it an entity that that's, really there to help you or help someone else you're trying to help and and an entity that's there with less than good intentions if you if number one if you discern that they have an agenda that's you know uh, a little bit different than what you went there for or they want some kind of a trade or they want a 
they want you to to do something for them before they will help you. That's that's a pretty sure sign that you you know you can do it if you want, but it, you know you can't necessarily trust that what they are saying is is true. Um, if you are traveling in certain areas, you can be sure that if you've stepped into that realm, that though that those entities are going to be working for your good and will give you true and honest answers. Um, and if you are unsure, I, you know, I I don't I don't have a feeling ever of being unsure because my um, my power animals and my and my spirit guides absolutely protect me and um, will bring me back off of a path if it's the wrong path or will tell me something like, no, you're, this is not for you to do. This is something for me to take care of, or we're going to call this other, you know, spirit, spirit animal or guide or whatever to come and they're going to take care of it. Or, um, I guess for, for, for me personally, now other people, that's their, that's their calling is to go and, and engage with, with these different kinds of things. My calling is healing and I focus totally on that. And so if I'm healing somebody and there is something that's followed them around or that's become attached to them that I know is what is holding them back and, and means them no good. Um, usually as, as I start to work on that, my, my helper will take care of it and my power animal will take care of it. And if I'm in a dangerous spot, I get pulled back. I get pulled back. I get shown right away. And, and then I'm able to make the adjustments that I need to do. Also, the one thing is that you need to be, um, unafraid you need to make sure that you have gathered your light and your power very very strongly to where you you don't have fear because if you step into a situation where you've got fear that is that is something that the negative energy can can immediately attach to and so if you have fear if i if i if i have a sense like something is not right or a sense of any kind of little unease or little tiny bit of fear, then I will back away and I will gather my power and my animals before I move forward. Either that or at that point, someone will step forward and say, no, this is what I'm going to do. You just watch. That's an example. Okay. So define attachment. So you were talking about entities attaching so that's a, that's a scary um thought so it sounds, let's talk about that it sounds it sounds a little more scary than um than than the, the way that i perceive it so as we as we go through life and something negative happens to us and we have this negative heavy dense energy that um that that starts to form. And as we continue reliving this past event, or we continue this, um, the, the self-defeating patterns or the self-sabotaging 
words that we say to ourselves all the time, or even worse than that, we repress those emo- emotions. We, we try to hide them. We try to stuff them down. We try to deny them. We try to move forward without. That's going to cause this heavy, dense energy to form some, somewhere in or around or near or connected to your body. And if it stays there long enough, it kind of takes on a life of its own. And that's sort of the definition of an entity, for lack of a better better way to describe it. It's usually been formed from these repressed um, feelings or emotions to the degree that it's taken on. It's got enough energy now to take on a, quote, life of its own, end quote. So I had this um, this accidental past life regression that I kind of accidentally went into one time. It just kind of happened. It's kind of slipped into this altered state of consciousness when I was working on something with another hypnotist. And in this life, I was a lion. And to make a long story short, I was killed by a bunch of African wild dogs. But this lion was talking to me about my fear that I had because I had and I, to this day I still have kind of like a debilitating fear of um, losing my my kids and he was talking to me about how and and he was using like lion very <laughs> nature centric lion terms right and he was and he sent me this image of like a paw he and he basically said like this is what's happening to you um, he's like, you have an entity attached to you. And at first I was like, wait, what, huh? And then he's like, but it's not what you think. He, he showed me a, like an image of a paw coming out and then turning around, grabbing me and then detaching from here. Like, at, and for my audience, you can't see like at, at my shoulder, right? So it detached from the shoulder. So instead of being attached at my shoulder, being useful, it was all of a sudden, being attached by the claws and then it basically became its own arm that was holding me back versus being useful. And that's, and that's kind of what my thought has been for a while now about, you know, common types of entities that people run into is they're either like shards of souls that maybe fractured off in a moment of weakness or, um, you know, a really dark moment or something like that. Um, or there are these pieces of yourself that kind of grab onto you and then detach from where it's supposed to be. So what are your thoughts on, on all that stuff? So I think that's very typical of, of things that, that I see, um, whether it's something that's happened to us in in this in this life or something that that has happened in the past before that or a memory or um, a past life and that that uh, piece of you that kind of stayed with that and rode with that throughout all this time can still manifest itself to, to, to you now in your fear of losing your children because of that fear that happened to you back way back then, at least at the very least, you carry it in your memory, in your DNA memory at the very least. 
And, um, and so as that piece of you throughout all those can, can be generational or it can just be right for this time frame right now. And that piece can be brought back and brought, you know, um, um, brought back and placed back into your soul or your heart space and rejoin with the rest of your soul to help make it complete and then be healed from that trauma, from the old trauma. So that would be something similar to what I might see when I, when, when I'm working on somebody. Okay. So, yeah, so it sounds like we're, we're pretty similar as far as, like, the common type of entity. We're kind of on the same page with that, which I super appreciate finally finding someone who's like, no, 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 it's all demons, right? <laughs> no, no, I, I hear that too, so no. Mm-mm. So have you ever run into something that was scarier, though? I've Because I've heard a couple stories from people who almost like almost line up with what – with what I'm saying, but then they're like, yeah, I see that. But also I've, I've run into something way scarier and darker than that. So for one, one person that I had on my show, her name's Alia. Um, she, she calls them the tar people. They're just like these nasty black tarry, yucky energy. And she says that they, they latch onto you and then kind of like ride you through different lifetimes to just kind of like drain you is have you ever seen anything like that or yeah that's that i i'm i'm just smiling a little bit because that sounds really similar to the um to to the 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 more scary things that that i see sometimes attached to a person like on their back or you you know with with these tentacle hairy arm kind of things coming black smoky heart it's hard to describe but they are very very scary and very very attached very um uh, intertwining really hard to intertwine in you and stay stuck in you and hard to get off like a parasite yeah a parasite like you know like like and and it can be just something real small, or it can be like a, a a big thing, a big thing like something scary that you would see on aliens, or you know, um, some something something like that. And once again, and, and real quick, just to be clear, these these what we're talking about right now, these things are their own consciousness then these are not like fragments of yourself right is that they they they're i don't i guess the right answer is i don't know but my sense is that that they are a part of somebody else that has taken on this life of its own this um this evil life of its own or destructive life and and when you can when you can figure out the source of that where that came from then you can go back 
there and you can cut that cord, that original cord. You can get rid of, you can get rid of that entity. You can take that off or your helper or the techniques that you've learned. You can, you can, um, you can take that off and get rid of it. But it will generally reform and reattach if you don't go back to the original source of that. So you need to follow that cord, that energy cord back and retrieve any soul parts that may have been stolen there and cut any attachments to that event. And sometimes it can actually be not really a person, but an event that's taken on that, uh, for some reason, that, that shape. So it's all very, very interesting. We could spend probably a long time talking about entities, but I'm just I'm going to segue into the next part. Just know that I'm really curious about this kind of stuff. Sure. Um, <laughs> anybody who's listened to me for a while knows that I'm curious about this stuff. Anyway, so what I would really like to know next is so like let's just say I was your client, right, or your patient, and I came to you, and we'll just use this exact same thing just for a quick example i have crippling debilitating fear of losing my kids what would like a typical ritual session that you do consist of so like whatever you're willing to share about like okay i this is what i do this is how it goes this is a typical experience i would love to hear all about all that so 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 basically when when you come it's it's going to be 2 to 2 and a half hours sometimes a little bit longer but generally 2 2 and a half um and the first part is that we're going to sit down and we're going to have what's called a spiritual talk a platica and we're going to talk and as we're talking and I have already asked you to write down your intention you know why are you coming to me what haunts you, what, you know, what, why did you even come? Um, and, and then we're going to talk about that. And as I'm, as I begin that, I mean, I, you know, as you come in, I'm going to, I'm going to use my, my sage and we're going to sage each, I'm going to sage you, myself, the room, get ready to kind of clear the air so that we can move forward. And then we're going to talk. And as we're talking, I start, um, you know, the hair on my arms, different things will we'll stand up with different things that you might say. Um, I will have intuition um, and I and I take notes. That's where my medical background comes as I chart and I taking little notes. And and as I do that, I am forming um, a, a plan or I'm, I am starting to see, OK, this this has to be from from an event. Um, whether it was a personal event or something they saw, um, or it might be this is something internal. This is this is something they learned as a child, not necessarily in a mean way, but they learned how the world was as a child, and they learned that maybe they weren't worthy or they weren't good enough, and and that has made them vulnerable to all kinds of other things. And so we're going to have this chat. And as we're chatting and I'm writing just little things down, um, sometimes people are really open. And as soon as they get a chance, they'll gush it all out. And other people are very closed 
and they'll say, well, you know, I just haven't been the same for a long time. I'm trying to find my path. And, um, and I tell them, you know, it's okay if you don't tell me anything. We're still going to go through this and you're, we're still, we're, you're still going to have a lot of healing. But if you participate and you let me know what your intentions are and some of your personal experiences, I can target things much more specifically. And so is there anything else before we start that you would like to tell me? And it'll be 90 uh, maybe 95% of the time, they'll, it'll be something like this. Well, I, I, my sister, I was fine until my sister made me do stuff to her. Or I, you know, I got hit purposely by a truck and, dr- and drug 100 feet. You know, something. Or I, I was under the water and I was caught under a branch and I almost drowned. Or... You know, my, my, my mother died in a car accident that I was in. You know, it'll be a lot of times there will be the, the first time, especially the first time they come, it'll, it'll be something quite dramatic that they'll either just remember at the last minute or um, it's haunted them for a long time. And then I know that there's an energy cord attached to that, people attached to that probably, um, and old, old agreements that have held us back attached to that. And so then as, then after we have the talk, then they're going to, um, you know, some people will have them lay on the ground. I have a gravity chair. I think it's much more comfortable. And I just, uh, have my, my client lay in the gravity chair and they lay back and I tell them, you, this is for you. You don't need to do anything. You're here to receive. And you can sleep, you can, you can journey, you can, you can imagine whatever you want to do, but I don't want you to sit there and focus and say, oh, no, I'm supposed to be concentrating. I'm supposed to be concentrating on this. I want you to relax your mind and relax your body and just receive. And so then, um, then I, the way that I do it, um, um, because I do some remote things and it's it's easier as as I will turn on a drumming CD in the background and then I will drum over the top of that and as I drum the um then I will move into that shamanic state of consciousness and I will follow a path and I will first of all let's just say you've never come before you've never done anything you don't have a power animal I will I will get a power animal. I will find your power animal so that, because usually that power animal is going to come with me and help me um, because they already know you and, and they're going to help guide and they're going to help with the healing. And then after that, then I will call for my uh, helper that help that specifically helps me with extractions, entities, um, blockages, and we will go through you head to toe and find specific areas that may be um, have a blockage. And I'll, I'll give you an example of something that I might see is I might see weights on your feet, like these big giant weights strapped to your feet. Or I might see 
big bruises, like knee, your knees have got these giant bruises on them. And, and, and when I see that, I know that you have been forced to kneel down, to bow down, to submit um, to all kinds of things. Um, and so those are, those are examples. And so we will kind of clear off, clear off any of those things. And then I will ask, um, generally speaking, what, because as I do that, I see cords, I see energy cords that I need to follow because I know that they're either attached to an event where a soul part has been broken off or to another person who has taken something from you. And so then I will go and retrieve those soul parts, bring those back. And then I will repair old agreements. So we talked about that when we were talking before, but these are those thoughts that hold us back and they reside in our unconscious mind. And we make 90% of our decisions based on what's in that unconscious recorder, tape recorder of our whole life. And so if we have a false agreement in there that you're not worthy, you're going to be open to all kinds of, of anything that anybody wants to throw at you or do to you. And so as we're able to go in there and take that old agreement out and then replace it with a new agreement. And then after that, I will usually go, if there's, if there's time, sometimes it's too, sometimes there's too many things, but this is, if I, you know, if, if I could do it all, this is what I would do. And sometimes I get all the way through. Sometimes there's too much in one area. And so we just have to focus there. But then at that point, I will focus on, the energetic aura that's around you that's above and below and sort of I I do a two phases sort of the external part of that and the internal part of that and the internal programming that can happen with that um and then and then I always know I will do about I will do a medicine wheel balancing before I stop too at the same time and and help and that that's going to help people integrate the teachings or the healings that I have done. And so I will do that. And then I, and then I know because what happens in my journey is that the client and their power animal and maybe any other animals that might come start walking away with away from me down their path. And I know that, that that's my signal that I'm done. And I usually will ask, is there any, um, is there another animal that wants to come also? to help. And sometimes another animal will come. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes it's, it's like you talked about at the beginning. It's, it's the archetype of an animal or the essence of the animal, or it'll be like a a white Buffalo. I'll see a white Buffalo walking in front of them. And from the symbology that I learned from my guides, then that means that, that, that they are on a good path and that that Buffalo is opening the way before them to help them uh, break down the barriers um, that they need going forward. And then after that, then I, um, I come, come back from my journey and I play my flute. Um, and then that's, and, and then, you know, I have told, I've told the client when I play my flute, that means I'm all the way done. And so then they'll, then they'll, they can take a few minutes and sit up. And then I, um, I will usually tell them what 
I, I get out my recorder. I don't let them talk because I don't want to be influenced because a lot of times they will have uh, some kind of symbology or dream or animal or something come to them too. And I don't want to know that before I start talking. And so then I'll record, I'll record what happened. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm fairly detailed when I do that. And there are a lot of healers out there that aren't, they'll just say something like, well, I took out what didn't belong and I put in back in what did belong. Have a nice day. Um, And I believe in the power of story and the power of knowledge. And so when they hear what's happened with them, they, even if it's something, cause I'll, I'll write little words down and I'll tell them exactly what the words that I was given or what I saw. And a lot of times it won't have any meaning at all for me. So for example, I saw, a lady one time she came and she was this high accountant, big executive job. But in her younger days, she had um, been, she had participated really heavily in a drug culture. She had followed the Grateful Dead around for a year. And, and when I asked her if she had a power animal, she said, I used to have a power animal, but I don't remember what it was. Well, at the very end of her journey, I, I retrieved a power animal for her. I can't remember what that one was. But at the end, a little turtle came. And um, I'm like, oh, okay. And so I told her at the end, I said, yeah, oh, yeah. And by the way, at the end, a turtle came. And she's like, turtle, that was it. That was my power animal from from my Grateful Dead years. And um, And so sometimes something that, you know, comes to you, has no meaning, but it will have meaning for the client. So I try to make sure to tell them that. And then I, then I give them some instructions of how to ground it, let them know that, that um, they do have a responsibility not to reattach those cords um, by repeating the old habits. And I try to give them some advice on how to not reestablish those old habits. And then I let them know that um, they do not have to live with the old pain anymore. Um, they, they can be free. They can be totally free of that old pain. And I remind them that I don't erase their memories. Um, but I do, I do help them heal from the traumatic aspect of those memories so that they will be able to move forward without, without um, so much anxiety and pain coming forward that's so cool (laughs) i i really like that it's it's very interesting and i you know i appreciate the fact that you are detailed about it i really feel like like the details really do actually matter people want to hear those details because if someone like obviously you do this for a business right if i was paying you to do a journey for me and then all of a sudden you're like yep it's taken care of sayonara buddy i would be like well what the hell did i just pay you for like i want to know what happened so i think that's really really great that that you do that and you know it's it's really interesting you said that before towards the beginning of this conversation you said that this the role of the shaman or medicine man or healer in tribal culture is to balance society basically with like your with nature and it sounds like your 
it sounds like your rituals are very nature centric too. So that's really, really cool. Yes, absolutely. Everything I do is about um, connecting our physical side and our spiritual side in our soul, in our soul part, in our soul um, center. And um, when we are too much in the, in the non-visible world, then nothing happens in our real physical world. And if we're too much in the physical world, we never get any inspiration or intuition um, to, um, to move forward and to grow in our physical world. So everything I do is about balance. And in the ancient times, in the, the medicine man's role was to help the, the tribe survive by keeping them in balance, in harmony with their physical world and with the powers of nature and the powers of the um, spirit world. That's so cool. I, I'm I'm so glad that you that you decided to come on my show. Well, well, Jen, you know, I usually let people like plug their websites and stuff. So people can come to you clearly for online sessions. People can come to you in person. You're you're kind of local. You're pretty. You're relatively close to me here in Utah. But where can people find you? What what what's your social media presence like? What do you got going on? So I have uh, basically a web page and it's, it's called peaceweberspiritmedicine.com. And I made my web page myself. You'll be able to tell that right away. Um, but, but I, I put a lot of explanation and time into it. So if you weave your way through it and you don't know what a soul retrieval is, or you don't know what different kinds of things are, you can kind of look at that and, and see and get a good picture and understanding of that. And then you can always contact me from that website. It, it has a, a, num- a phone number and a contact me. Plus, you know, you can email me. That's the same email. Um, and I, I do have a Facebook page, Instagram. I don't hardly ever post very much on those. So they're not super active, but they're there if, if you want to look. And it's the same thing, Peace Weaver Spirit Medicine. Links to those can be found in the description. So if you want to connect with Jen and reach out to her for a session, sounds really, really cool. Go ahead and contact her via her website. And Jen, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have a last word or message that you would like to leave for my audience? I, th- I think that, that I went through some severe physical spouse abuse for six years. And as a professional woman, I could not understand why. And when I went to, to the shaman that trained me that first time, um, the session was so profound that when I came out of there, I was done. I was done after 20 years, I was completely healed and done from that trauma. Not that I don't remember it, but my, my, my last word is you do not have to continue to live in pain of past traumas that are holding you back. You can move, truly move forward from them, not just with patchwork and, you know, oh, take a pill and feel better or, you know, buck up, you'll be fine. No, you can really, really feel better with this type of healing. So 
reach out to somebody that does this type of healing. If you, you'll know if you should do it, you'll feel it. And to let you know that old traumas of the past do not have to continue to haunt you for the rest of your days. What I do, there's many different ways to do this. And I am just happy to share the way that I do it and the way that I was taught. But definitely this is not the one and only right way. And I don't want anyone to think that, you know, that I mean that my way is the right way. There, there are many traditions to do the same type of thing in different, with different metaphors and different ways of doing it. So don't, don't write anybody off because of that. That's a beautiful message. And Jan, I'm, I'm so grateful that you decided to come on to my show and and thank you so much for giving me your time and being so open and answering those questions. I'm sure that someone's gonna gonna find this extremely interesting and reach out to you because I'm completely blown away and fascinated. So once again, thank you so much. I so much appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode. I would like to thank Jan for coming on to the show, and I would like to thank you for tuning in. Once again, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player so you don't miss any of my weekly uploads. Don't forget to share the podcast around with anybody who you think might be interested or might need some healing in their life. And if you want to come on to the show to talk to me about your past life experience or your knowledge on any metaphysical topic, shoot me an email. My email is the progression session at gmail.com and I would love to have you on the show. Show me where to go I don't